Hi, guys. I'm back here on the Mel K Show with one of your favorite guests, my uh, historian here, my go-to guy for facts on the, on the past. Patriot Paul is joining us again with some very interesting information that you might not know. Thank you for joining us, Patriot Paul. Thank you, Mel. It's great to be back. And uh, it's always a, always a pleasure to, to be on this, on this show and get this information out there that a lot of people might have missed, whether it's history or the facts of physics that, you know, nobody can hide from the, from the laws of physics, no matter how, how they try. So right. today, today, I think we're going to take a dive back into history 20 years ago. And we're just going to talk about some of the physical physics characteristics, the capabilities of uh, aircraft and things like that, mm -hmm. uh, based on the 9-11 incident. Okay. Um, I spent my first four years as a jet engine mechanic in the Air Force. Right. I've worked on heavy aircraft. I've worked on fighter aircraft in that capacity. And the last 14 years, one of the, the schools that I went to was uh, Life Sciences Equipment Investigation, which is a big fancy thing that the Air Force calls Crash Investigation School, mm -hmm. uh, which allowed me to, to do other things in my, uh, in my career field. But uh, having looked at all this information and looked at all the stuff from 9-11, there's a lot of really fishy information about uh, the actual physical characteristics of, of what a plane can do, what a plane can't do, and what should be found at a, at a certain location and what's not founded at certain locations that we have on 9-11. So we're going to get started with um, basically the characteristics of an airplane. Uh, the characteristics, most, most people out there probably have flown on an airplane or two. Uh, airplanes are, are made up of a lot of aluminum, very, very thin aluminum. There's some aluminum structural material in there. There's uh, steel, uh, stainless steel structural material. Um, in the engines, the engines are the most solid pieces of an aircraft. They are made of stainless steel. There is some aluminum um, there's a lot of machined aluminum, thicker aluminum, but the biggest thing that's crash survivable is the, the, uh, the blades from the fan, the compressor blades, the turbine blades. Um, usually there's about approximately, depending on the engine, there's three stages of fan. Uh, so that's three discs. That's three discs with blades attached to them, which are all uh, highly, highly accurately milled to be exactly the same weight. So when you spin it really, really fast, it, it stays together. It doesn't vibrate. Then you have anywhere from 11 to 13 stages of compressor, which start from big to small. And what that's doing is it's taking in the air. It's like a giant turbo on like a diesel, diesel truck or anything that has a, has a turbo on it. It's bringing in the air it needs to breathe. It's compressing it into a, a highly compressed form, and it's blown into what we call the combustion section. And the combustion section is made of titanium. It's made of aluminum. It's made of other various materials. There is some uh, thermal coatings on it to give it extra added uh, thermal protection so it doesn't you know, fall out of the sky and everything. Yeah. And then beyond that, that's pretty important, yeah. yeah. Um, so you, uh, you go past that, and then you have the turbine blades. And they're, those turbine blades 
there's two stages of those. There's low pressure and there's high pressure turbine blades. And there's anywhere from three to three to five or six of the uh, high pressure turbine. And then there's usually three stages of, of uh, low pressure turbine. And what happens is basically once you start the engine, it's like as long as you feed it uh, fuel, it continues to go like a blowtorch. It's like the constant, constant burning. The gas is running out of the back of the engine, turn the, the turbine blades, and the turbine blades are connected by a long, big, long shaft to the front, to the compressor, and to the fan. And it's a self-sustaining kind of deal as long as you add fuel to it. Um, so these things are big and heavy, and they're tough. It takes a lot um, to break one of those up. Um, in most crash sites and all the ones we studied in the school I went to, that's pretty much the big telltale of, of what actually crashed. And most of the parts of it are all serialized. Right. So you can take that serial number and go back to the aircraft maintenance records and look it up and go, yes, that was with that airplane and no, or no, that wasn't with their airplane. Um, and all those photographs and stuff like that would, would prove that out. Now, titanium is very light. It's very strong. Uh, it's, it's millable down to like 10 thousandths of a weight for uh, balancing purposes. So you got these big heavy discs that they can't just like vaporize. You, you can't, you can't like flash vaporize, you know, all these big chunks of, of titanium. And titanium actually, its melting point is 3,034 degrees Fahrenheit. And it actually boils at 5,948 degrees Fahrenheit. So in, in a flash type situation, it's not going to, you're not going to melt it. Okay. It, it takes time to, to melt that. It's not going to, it's not going to vaporize. Um, so you, you can't miss these parts. Right. So, and also um, the way an airplane is structured is it's mostly got rings around it. Like the fuselage, you know, how it's round. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's structural supports in there and there's floors in there that give you, that give you horizontal support and you've got um, steel and stainless steel hoops, but mainly it's all together as like, think of it as a, a giant um, high tech soda can. Right. Okay. okay. That, that's basically, that's basically what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. You're talking about a big giant soda can that's got these big, heavy uh, titanium uh, objects hanging on the wings or on the tail, up in the tail, depending on its configuration. So you have this thing and you want to take and you want to apply it into something. Okay. Now, for everybody out there, the easiest way I can describe this is take a soda can in your hand, even, even if it was full, okay, and try to smash it into the sidewalk. How far do you think, just an average sidewalk, a soda can into a sidewalk, how far do you think the soda can is going to go into that sidewalk? It's not. Not very, not very far. I don't know anybody strong enough to do that. Right. But what's going to happen? The can is going to crush. Right. You put your, you take an empty one, you step on it, it just crushes into nothing. Okay. Well, that that's pretty much what's going to happen to the fuselage of an airplane on a bigger scale into something harder and denser like the earth like the walls of the Pentagon, um, when back when the Pentagon was built, 
It was built with, at that time, the most amount of concrete, reinforced uh, reinforced concrete that any building was built then, except for the World Trade Center. Or not the World Trade Center, but the um, Empire State Building. Oh, right. Okay. Well, even the Empire State Building, as much concrete and steel girders and reinforcement rod and all that stuff in that building, they um, crashed a B-17 in, in the fog during World War II. Accidentally, it, it flew in there and it crashed in. That building didn't even care one little bit about that little bit of aluminum. Wow, that's that's it, interesting history. I didn't realize that. It, it, it made, it did penetrate the, the outer wall with some fragments and, and stuff, but it did no physical structural damage wow. per se to that. It was mostly cosmetic because you're taking an aluminum, big piece of aluminum, and a B-17 was every bit as big as one of these airliners. Right. Um, and, they cr- and they crashed into the side of the building. Well, a lot of it fell to the ground. You know, if you were there and you could have filmed it, you would have seen this airplane go, and it would have like crumbled and all kind of parts of it would have fell to the ground. Well, in the case of the World Trade Center, all the videos that I've seen, they show these airplanes coming in and none of them are the first one. They're all of the second one. But everybody's aware that something's going on at that point. Because the couple of things that I've heard, um, nobody really made a big thing about hearing an airplane crash into the first one except for the explosion of the building well that everybody is awake and looking up and at that point okay now now you have this other this other thing come flying in there well all the videos that you see that they released show this airplane disappearing completely cleanly into the building and then the explosion like a second after the tail disappears into the building well from the, the studies I've done of the structure of the external part of, of the World Trade Centers, those are big steel girders, okay? Um, you remember when we were a kid, you had those uh, those egg cutters, right, with all the little wires on them? Uh-huh. Okay, well, think of it Think of it like this. Think of that airplane flying into one of those cheese cutters, which are the outside girders, okay? Heavy-duty structural girders on the outside of the Trade Center. That would have like sliced that thing up into pieces. Right. The tail would have probably fell right off. The wings, the engines would have caught a girder or something. Right. More than likely. And been just completely knocked off the wing. And they would have fell to the ground. Right, right there on the one side. And I looked at one of the crash site uh, diagrams that they made of New York City. And they show landing gear and stuff like blocks away and um that airplane wouldn't have gone all the way through that that building right and they i don't know but yeah i know a lot of people who were there uh and helped clean up but i I know people who were there there like ran down 40 flights of stairs and uh a lot of people have very differing um stories about the fact that there was really no um, debris from the plane, period, which which is bizarre. So I always question that um, that whole thing. And like you just said, uh, my one friend who literally ran down almost, I think, 48 flights of stairs uh, in the second tower, she she always said that she never saw a plane. 
I, I, I'm not saying that there wasn't. I'm just saying people that were there, many of them say, because you would have heard it. They, they right. weren't hearing it. That was the oh, yeah. other thing. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and watching all the videos that they allowed to be, you know, uh, released, um, never showed any kind of debris on the side that it struck falling to the ground. No. Now, now that, that just, it doesn't smell good with the, the laws of physics and the way an airplane, where an airplane is built. An airplane cannot disappear into that building the way it's built, okay, without leaving external debris, like big things oh. like engines. Okay, they, they should have been at the base of the tower on the outside, and you should have seen those in those videos as the plane got to that point on the wing, those engines would have snapped off like nothing. Right. They would have snapped off like nothing, and they would have just fell, they would have fell to the ground. So, and also, um, the way that trade centers were built, they were built on the whole premise of what happened at the Empire State Building. I had no idea. That's a very interesting part of history that has been left out of this story. Yeah, all I all I've heard uh, from people is that um, uh, modern building structures in New York City, because of what happened at um, the Empire State Building, they all have to be resistant to being struck by an airplane. Plus, you have two of the busiest airports in the world. Right you know, right there in New York City. So why wouldn't you structurally build it for the potential of another airplane in a fog or, or something, right. even with modern navigational material? Yeah. Why would you not build it for that? You know, um, and, and structurally, the uh, stuff was, you know, protected from what I hear with thermal coatings to keep, you know, a fire or any kind of fire um, from collapsing the buildings. And, you know, yeah. I just, I don't see. I just always, honestly, Paul, I always, I know not just my friend. I know many people who who have said, who were in, said that they did not, that where that plane must have had to have been, you would have heard it. In New York City, when a, when a plane is flying low, I live in a, in a building, you hear it. Oh, people yeah. said that they did not hear it the plane it why wouldn't they have heard it if if that really happened the way that we were told or shown yeah. doesn't make yeah, any that, sense to me yeah that air that airplane cannot attain this faster than the speed of sound so you would have heard those engines coming especially at the floor level that the airplane was at you did at some point the sound probably would have started to rattle the windows i would right. imagine all over you know? at all the other buildings too should have been shaking. Yeah. That yeah. happens even when like during the beginning of the COVID, there was all these uh, helicopters flying through Manhattan and all the buildings were shaking. I mean, they were, it was, it was, it was happening. So yeah. I always thought that was, I always thought that was like one part of the story. Nobody ever was mentioning. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, and, and I've never seen any now correct me or, you know, listeners out there, if you can find me a video of the first plane, you know, like that somebody released, but I've never, I've never seen that. Um, not the first one, the second, the second one, there's a lot of footage of, of uh, the airplane just disappearing into the building. Right. And, um, and the point you're making is amazing that I've never also heard before, which is at least some of the damage to the plane would have been outside of the building. 
It wouldn't have yeah. all, it went in like a missile, not like a, you know, not like a plane, actual plane that has pieces like you're explaining that are not that strong in impact that should have, like you said about the soda can, none of that happened. Yeah, yeah, and 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 the the building, you know, some of some of the airplane would have penetrated into the building, um, you know, but a good chunk of that should have fell down the side of that building and should be on tape, right. because there there's no way that that whole thing, even out to the wingtips, right. all right, there's no way that that they went through and it would have been sliced by the girders, like it like an egg in an egg slicer, right. That's, okay. that's, that's so you know, crazy. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy. So but these are know, things you, that they that people were so um, we were so fed such a story from the media and everyone that both of the things that you're saying right now, I've never really heard anyone ever mention, at least not in the mainstream media. There's guys like We Are Change and Burmese and a lot of people out there that have said right. some of this stuff. But it, I mean, for the average American especially now that we're living in a land of lies and upside down truths and everything being <laughs> exposed. It's like, these are things that just are common sense. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the whole point of what I want to talk about today is, is just the, the common sense things that the average person can go out in their front yard and go, yeah, okay. That, that makes sense. I never thought about it like that. Um, you know, it, it just, it's just simple simple stuff now um you know the explosion with with uh, the uh fire and, and everything if, if there was actually jet fuel involved with this situation the and the and it and it, let's say it breached the elevator shafts or the stairwells there would have been a flood of liquid burning jet fuel flowing down those corridors, okay? Because it's not the fuel that burns, it's the vapors that burn, Oh wow! okay? So before that liquid can turn to vapor and burn, it would have been flowing, it would have found gravity. Gravity would have pulled it down the center of that building. It would have, you know, even with the, as tight as those elevator doors are, as tight as those fire doors are and stuff, that I'll bet you that liquid, that liquid would find its way down there burning, and there would have people would have been incinerated in, right. in there, right? You know, so that you know, these are just questions that people you know ha have to think about for themselves and, and investigate this themselves, right? Okay, I, I, I don't have access to any of the official records or whatever, I can just go by what, what's released, I don't have any special access to right. That, but I can look at what they what they show and what they're spewing out to us right. and go, no, 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 no. That doesn't make any sense. Right. Okay? Also, people should know that there's the FBI vault.gov and the CIA uh, vault. These things, there are a lot of documents that were released. They're heavily redacted. But a lot of the stuff you're saying, you know, it's just crazy that neither, neither the sound thing or the uh, plane impact damage on the actual plane going into that building now that you're saying that they already knew because of the empire state building crash how to protect the building from the planes so they prepared for that so there was no none of that happened at all and then like you're saying I, a lot of people have over the years said well if there was jet fuel how how come that the whole place wasn't just like shh, shh, 
why didn't it go up in flames rather than what happened? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there there was obviously some flammable materials already existing in the building, and whatever happened, whatever caused that explosion, um, you know, would have burned up some of that, and it would have had some limited fires and things like that. But but the jet fuel, an airplane as full of jet fuel as they would have been, okay. Now you're you're looking at um, like forty to forty five thousand gallons of fuel. Okay, in, in, in an airplane like that, like, for instance, our uh, C-5, our military aircraft, which I intimately know very well, right. I've worked on it from many angles, that carries 56,000 gallons of fuel, that's about 300,000 pounds, pounds of fuel, um, it has eight actual um, wing fuel tanks that are actually like separated, all connected by, by pumps and, and tubes and stuff, to shift that away wait around to make sure that the airplane stays in the air but that's a lot of gas that's a that's a really lot of gas all right so you know an air even a, a civilian airliner is going to carry at least forty thousand gallons of of jet fuel to to fly as far you know you know is like from new york to hawaii right. you're going to need forty thousand, you know gallons of jet fuel well if you you fly into the side of something, that's all got to go. It's all got to go somewhere. It's not going to go poof, all in one big boom. It's just, that's just not how it, that's not how it works. And the fuel tanks and stuff have nitrogen that back pressure them to keep the oxygen out. So it can do that. Um, it's like uh, replacing the vacuum in the tank. Okay. So what they do is they, they take, they have liquid nitrogen and they pump the tanks, they backfill the tanks. As they get empty, they purge out the oxygen and they fill it with nitrogen, which is a, an inert, non-flammable non gas. Um, they use it for a fire extinguisher in the engines as well. So it's it, all, all these little things just say there's something that stinks with this right. whole thing. And, you know, and I'm sure President Trump could tell you because he's built buildings in New York City that if you get above a certain height, um, I'm going to bet that there's a certain set of standards structurally that you have to meet um, based on that B-17 crash into the uh, Empire State Building. Yeah, uh, well, Trump Trump said it right away, but also somebody else that I know uh, that worked for actually Gotti and Sammy the Bull, who uh, built a lot of those buildings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they A lot of those guys that worked on those buildings for years for that marathon construction and those companies from the very beginning were like, something's wrong here. This is They had planned for all of that. It was those yeah. guys, too, that were out there. They all got busted right after, right? But right. Um, I will tell you, uh, not just Trump, but uh, people that build buildings in New York right away were sounding the alarm. And uh, but it was blown. It was blown off because, you know, it was at the time where I am way past where it was like, yeah. well, the government would never hide that. But I, yeah, I'm and, way and past that. And, it, and it's all emotion. The, 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 right. the left and the enemy, the deep state, they all work on emotion. They, they, they never like facts. They don't like truth. They don't like any of that stuff. So they got everybody's emotions all riled up and everybody right. forgot about the rational side of this thing. Um, you know, you know, the CIA had to be involved with this because they're the ones who started the whole conspiracy theorist term after they executed JFK. Right. Why? They wanted, Why was that? 
because they wanted everybody to shut up and stop asking real questions. Well, also, the Warren report is a joke. If you read it now, you're like, who yeah. said that this was OK? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. sadly enough, it appears that uh, George Bush Sr. was involved in both incidents. And oh, yeah. now, uh, after a lot of my investigation, especially over the last three years, I now call the CIA the communist in America. So I put nothing past them <laughs> worldwide. Oh, yeah. Now, let me ask you about the Pentagon. Now, okay. I have watched many things about the Pentagon. And okay. the two things that stand out the most to me are the th now that you brought up the jet fuel aspect, why didn't that place go up in flames? A, it stayed very localized. And then two, how can you fly a plane that low? That size of a plane that low? It, it doesn't seem, it's crazy. It doesn't oh, yeah. seem possible. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've had the privilege of, of training and working with some of the most well-trained pilots that fly big airplanes. The C-5 Galaxy is the largest plane in the free world. All right. You can put six Greyhound buses in it. Oh, wow. Okay. You can, you can put um, six Black Hawk helicopters in it. You can put uh, uh, two Abrams tanks in it if you have to. Uh, take out the uh, reactive armor and you can put two of those in there. This is a big plane. The entire Wright Brothers flight took place in a less distance than the cargo bay of this airplane. Okay, so... When, when I have when I have pilots that fly this plane, okay, tell me that they could never get that low for that long and that level because there's all kinds of physics involved with flying that low. Okay, those airplanes are not built for that. Okay, not not that low. I mean, they come in for landing and they come in nose up and right. they set it down. You've yeah. been on a million airplanes. They they always go nose up to land. Well, when they get down that low. Well, they're not going to be flying terrain map of the earth, okay, like a fighter does, okay. You're not going, yeah, you're you're not going to fly that, especially someone who's had a few lessons in a Cessna. Yeah, you know that's I, I the mean, other seriously. thing. That's the other thing that I I was going to say to you is uh, a lot of pilots. I have a friend that's a, a Navy pilot. Say that these guys that they that they pinned it on, you know, Muhammad Muhammad Atta, you know, and then of course they found yes. his they found his passport in your building. In pristine condition. <laughs> but yeah. um, people say there is it is impossible that these guys learned how to fly those planes. That it would have it would with yeah. with the track record with the time that they spent in flight school at the flight school they were out in Florida they wouldn't have oh, learned yeah. to fly those planes anyway. Nope, not a chance. Nope, they, they, there's no way they could have done it. And, and if you look, I've looked at the, the pictures real closely at the Pentagon. If you look one side, if you're facing it, the left side of it looks like somebody took a meat cleaver and chopped it completely clean all the way down a structural support of the building, shoot all the way to the ground. And the other side just did what they call a pancake collapse. It just like, or a cantilever collapse, it just collapsed on the one side and like like you said the the where did all the jet fuel go right where, where did where did 40 000 gallons of of jet fuel go there there would have been a humongous fireball Fire. for that Fire. okay? right i, I mean, even like, i huge. thought in that day though i have to tell you looking back to that day i always thought when i looked at the pentagon i thought how could there have been so little i'm not saying the damage wasn't terrible but it was right. very localized 
didn't make any it, sense to me then. It, and I was like a kid in, in, in LA watching it. Yeah. There, it's very, it's very localized and it, it only, you know, majorly affected the first outer ring. Okay. Which, which is kind of interesting. It looks like there, there is, there is some damage to the second ring, but again, all of those floors would have been full of jet fuel, burning jet fuel. They would have burned out all out that whole that whole thing. And where are where is all the luggage? Where is all the other debris? Where's the tail, the wings, the engines? Because again, the concrete, the concrete in that building would have crushed that thing with minimal penetration. I, I'm I'm betting that it would have penetrated minimally and it would have made a huge mess along the side of that building. The wingspan, okay, on that airplane is, I think, it's like, uh, like 100 feet. Yeah, wasn't the Pentagon feet. built to sustain the, any kind of attack to begin with? Uh, pretty much, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it was built to, be a, the built to be kind of a bunker. Right. It has more bathrooms in it than any other building on earth. All right. Because they built it during segregation. Oh, wow. So every, so every, yeah, they built it during segregation. So every, for every bathroom, there's two women and two men. Wow. Yeah. For every, you know, like you go into a building or an airport or whatever, you yeah. find men, women, right. Where there's men, women, it, they used to be labeled <laughs> now. men, women, white, Men, women, black. Oh my God, I had no idea. Yeah, That's there's insane. there's there's an insane amount of bathrooms in that place. Wow. So it's just one of those you know odd things about history. But they uh, that building was built pretty stout to to sustain damage to the outside part right. and to take that an airplane there. You you look at that that little section, that little sliver of the right. Pentagon that got hit. You look at that, and there there should be wing damage out beyond it, out beyond that little narrow spot. <laughs> there should be engines laying right on the outside of the building because they would have snapped, snapped right off the wing. Okay, the tail, the tails of aircraft notoriously break off in in a solid chunk, and that's why they put that's why they put the black boxes back there. That's why they put the the ELT, the emergency locating transmitter back there, because that is the most survivable place on, on the airplane. If it's going to go down or if, if it's going to hard land, you can find countless pictures of the tail section snapping off because the horizontal structure isn't as there back there as it is the circular structure. So it just snaps off. And there's none of that at the Pentagon. Now, have you seen, um, have you uh, examined the footage of Shanksville, Pennsylvania? Very bizarre. Oh, Very oh bizarre. yeah. Yep. Actually, there is actually a, uh, a crash site in uh, Tehran, Iran, that the actual, um, where they say the airplane um, vaporized itself direct straight down into the ground is exactly the same as as it photographs from this airplane that crashed in Tehran years ago. Weird. Well, years before that happened. So from what I've seen, um, 
even there's one aerial photo of it looks like a lot of debris, um, potentially maybe luggage and stuff like that. Well, the problem is, is that if you look at the aerial photo of Shanksville, you compare it to that picture and the topography is different. Wow. And the picture. So, you know, it just, it's all about raising these, these rational questions. We need to question it all the time. Yeah. And real people, real people like you and I need to do the research. We, we can no longer depend on, uh, on any, any quote unquote expert, certainly not the mainstream media. They're all infiltrated by, if not the CIA, CCP, or they're all blackmailed or whatever. But, you know, at this point, we really should want to know that the hardest thing going on right now, Paul, and I'm glad that you're my, my historian, is uh, the whole 1984 thing where they they're trying to erase the past so that oh, we yeah. have nothing to go back to. So we so we don't go back. So we don't go back to history. That's part of the whole thing in 1984 about erasing the past was so that nobody that that there was no past. If there was no past, then all you have is what you're being told now and future. And I I feel like people a lot of people want to skip over what happened on 9-11. But I think it obviously, you know, and I'm going to ask you in a second that it really connects to a lot of things, because I found that recently in doing some research that the Patriot Act was actually written two years before 9-11. Yep, that's they they had all this stuff in the works. And and like uh, like my second segment with you, we talked about the structural likeness of what we have now. Well, they use 9-11 to institute the um, the equivalent of the German Nazi RSHA, which is FEMA DHS. Right. Right after 9-11, TSA came into play. Um, all these federal um, unconstitutionally established, constitutionally unrecognized uh, tyrannical organizations were instituted right. after 9-11. And I'm pretty sure they used the, uh, the template from Nazi Germany because, you know, they they have they have all these um, connections. Yeah, well, it was probably the same people that were running Nazi Germany that were, if not them, their 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 uh, proteges that were running 9-11. I mean, it's it's the same people. There's Operation Paperclip people we've talked about, too, and all the people that came from Nazi Germany to start NASA and and all of and all of the, the military stuff that that we got from them. Um, and then you, we know about Prescott Bush and Rockefeller and Kissinger. Oh, yeah. they, were all, they were all involved in both. It turns out also uh, the youngest Bush brother was the head of security at um, at uh, the World Trade Centers that day, too. So there's just too many connections between all these people to not think that it's absolutely yeah. related to what you're saying. Um, and I recently, oddly, saw somebody sent me some footage of uh, David Rockefeller because I, you know, I do a lot on the, on the U.N. and Rockefeller and all right. of the nefarious stuff. Yeah, we'll do that sometime. Yeah, I saw some footage of him speaking and saying um, in 1994 and 1996 that he wanted to have every uh, human on the planet. Uh, this is so crazy because we're here now microchipped and to have full surveillance on all <laughs> humanity. So and then, <laughs> then you fast forward to that. And, you know, it's really, really terrifying. And um, the other thing that I also uh, recently uh, shared was when Wesley Clark in that, um, I guess he, in a, in a moment of, of wanting to just kind of, 
like break the mold and say, listen, this is really what happened. He tells that story about right after 9-11 going downstairs and Rumsfeld telling him he's going to go into Iraq and, and Wesley Clark be, is, is saying, why? What like what do you why? And he's kind of telling him and he gives it and he, it's really about from what I decipher from what Wesley Clark said, uh, the same thing that we're dealing with now, which is the petrodollar and the uh, countries that were not interested in the one world government plans and weren't yep. didn't want to deal with the central bank. And if you look at it, the list that Wesley Clark says that Rumsfeld showed him that day was Iraq, Libya, Syria, um, yep. all these countries. So, you know, it's all very disturbing. But if we don't go back to the past as as regular American, we the people citizens and do our own research and look at what you're saying, the anomalies to actually accept the full truth of our history, then look, yeah. at, where we, look at where we are because we didn't. Yeah, look at it. You know, people have to start to believe that it is possible. These people are that evil. They are that capable to do these things. And when they play on people's emotions and they play on their ignorance, they play on their laziness and their apathy, you know, they they get a long ways with that. I mean, just like after JFK was shot. I mean, who who would have thought that, you know, our own government would would take out a man like that who did up to that point he'd done so so many good you know actual good things um you know he was trying to do away with the, the central bank and he was trying to do you know he he, yeah, found yeah. So he was he trying to do him. everything that that you know basically trump re reintroduced um and uh yeah when, when we look back on that but again we have to get to the bottom of our history or people are, and get the facts out there. People are, are yeah, it's amazing to me, Paul. I'm having like this, uh, this moment right now where I cannot believe that it appears, cause I'm not sure. I still think we're they're a majority and they're gaslighting us, but there's a good chunk of people, which includes Hollywood and the media uh, and the political class that honestly do not see that uh, Western civilization is being hijacked and destroyed and about to go over the cliff. And people are still not. Oh, how how do how do how do people not see this? It, it's uh, cognitive dissonance. <laughs> they, yeah, they, they, it's it's too hard in, for their minds to wrap around. So they would just easier to believe the lie, like Joseph Goebbels said. Right. You tell a big giant lie enough, and people will they'll believe it. And you know that's that's what they're doing. I mean they're. They're telling these big giant lies. They put together these big giant Hollywood productions. Because I mean, when you boil it, when you boil it down to the lowest common denominator, all these things that happened on 9-11 was like a Hollywood movie. Right. You know, they they they've been working together for so long that they can um, you know, facilitate each other's agendas and they protect each other. And, you know, when people realize the truth that these agencies that, you know, you have been told all these years that, oh, you got to trust them. Oh, they're the they're the elite of the law enforcement and, and somebody like Well, it's the opposite. It's everything with the deep state is the opposite. Every bill that they they put in to try to get pretended legislation pushed through is named completely the opposite of what it's supposed to do. There's right, nothing- like George Soros, Open Society. Every one of his NGOs, the name sounds great, 
And then you look at what they're doing in every country that they've gone into and it's mass destruction, violating the laws, the constitution, the people overthrowing the governments. And, and, but under the guise of like democracy or something or, or freedom or human rights. And then you're like, it's the opposite. Now, let me ask you, um, speaking of what you just said, a lot of us watch this, um, this takeoff in, uh, in the Kabul, Kabul airport with this plane. Right. That looked to me like wag the dog. I, I can't prove it. I can't say that. But I have to tell you, from what you just told me about the airplane, right? And, yep. and how that would, how in God's name is that footage real? Okay. For, for, for instance, let's just start again with my favorite part of the airplane, the engine. Okay. Now, we are told from day one in engine school, you stay away from the intake of the engine at least 25 feet. Okay, because when you're taxing, if that C-17 was taxiing down the runway and one of those people got up underneath it, when it's spooling up to taxi, its RPMs is creating such a suction. It can suck rocks off the ground in a lot of a lot of times. Okay, it, 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 it can. Those are up pretty high, but still your human is up higher and. If you walked up near that, you would you'd get sucked up into that engine, and it, it would eat you. I mean, it would it would literally eat you if they're revving that engine up to taxi that great big airplane full of people, supposedly or whatever. Right. Okay. It takes a lot to get one of those moving. That thing would suck people up. Yeah. Into that engine, and and people would be crushed by those tires. That's what I thought. And what about the wind and the air and the sound? Wouldn't it be like the? How could they were running with smile? Like wait for us. I mean, it was. I really seriously yes. watched this, and I thought. And I was in Hollywood a long time. They could easily produce that, but it just seems so. I mean, now that you're you're explaining like what an actual plane is. I mean, when you were watching that, what were you thinking? Oh, I, I immediately thought the minute the, there's one guy that actually like runs. It looks like underneath the engine. Right. And I thought to myself. I was just waiting, waiting, waiting for me to get sucked up into that engine. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I spent my whole Air Force career on the flight line in various capacities, okay? I know. I, and, and that's what you don't do. For, now, you're talking about the jet blast behind it, okay? Right. Here's here's an example. One of the bases I was stationed at when I was a jet engine mechanic, we were doing an engine run. We were testing engines. Well, when you run engines on an aircraft, you lock the brakes, chalk the wheels, and you, you run the... If you're testing, let's say um, you're sitting in the airplane, the engines are numbered from the left wing, one, two, three, four, across the across the airplane, okay? So if you're running number two, you're going to run number three as well to keep the airplane straight on the ground, okay? Okay, Because otherwise you could twist it. You could actually spin it around. Well, here's the thing. We're doing an engine run. We put signs out. They're all the air. All the airplanes are lined up in a line on the right on the front flight line, and you put a sign out that says "engine run in progress" behind the airplane next to you, on both sides in the back. Okay. Well, security police, who are the the police that guard the military bases for the Air Force, they apparently were paying attention in their six pack pickup truck. It's a four-door big huge pickup truck with an eight-foot bed you know full back doors and stuff well before anybody could say anything they came out from behind the other airplane got out behind the 
got out behind it. Well, the jet blast from it picked that truck up like a leaf on the ground by a leaf blower and rolled it into the grass. Before we could get the engine shut down, okay, it just picked it up. It didn't even care. That's a, that's a full-size pickup truck. So there's no way a human is going to stand in that jet blast. It's not going to happen. And it was a mess, and they were running. I mean, it was... I just feel so sad that they think that we're so stupid. Like, and that people were watching that, like, look at that. Oh my God, they were holding on to the plane. I'm thinking that, that's, isn't that impossible? There's nothing really to hang on to the outside skin of that airplane. Now, if they were on the, now get this, if they were holding on to the landing gear, okay? Cause you, we see this in the movies, all right? You, you can, you can hold on to the landing gear right up to the point where it collapses into that airplane. And it squashes you like a bug because it don't even care. Right. Okay. It was unbelievable. I mean, yeah. how much of what we've seen is fake? I, I, had a, I had a whistleblower person send me a whole thing about a totally fake uh, attack in Syria that was totally produced. Because once you watch it and the person that sent me the footage showed me, you know that it was edited, that it couldn't oh, yeah. happen the way they should. This is yep. so sick and crazy because you thought Wag, I thought Wag the Dog was a movie, yeah. uh, but it really happens all the time. Now, back to um, 9-11 real quick. Well, what is your theory looking at it in retrospect? They, the, the two crash sites that were, were not very well videoed and not very well witnessed was Shanksville, PA, right. and the Pentagon. Um, the only footage that I saw, like, and it was only on 9-11. I was at Dias Air Force Base in uh, Abilene, Texas, when it happened. And, uh, um, you know, the only, the only footage that we saw was on the second plane that hit. And at the Pentagon, there's one footage from one of the security cameras that got out that shows some sort of cruise missile going low to the ground, which has terrain following capability and into the Pentagon it went. And then it disappeared. They showed it once. I can, I can right. play it back in my head, but it's, they through various means and, and stuff like that, I, I don't know what all the technologies are, but I just know that none of the things that hit what they say they hit, hit what they said they hit. Yeah, yeah, this, and I, I can... All of this disclosure, though, I feel like should be uh, released, first of all, for all the families that were sacrificed. Oh, yeah. these, were, these people were sacrificed, all of them. Yep. And the second thing is the Pentagon has to have so cameras everywhere. There's no way that there's that one video. And it's basically after impact that has ever been seen basically by anyone. There must be hundreds of cameras that caught this. It was so low. It had to have been coming this way. Oh, yeah. I, it doesn't make any sense. Oh yeah, and, and like well, in uh, in Shanksville, there's virtually no footage other than the narrative of what they say that the airplane did. Um, and and if you look at the you look at the ground, okay, where they say it crashed into, it went nose into the ground. Hey, how many how many people uh, have to go out and, and punch the ground and know how hard that is? Okay, and and the fact that you know, an airplane doesn't dig and disappear in the ground like a woodchuck and disappear, okay, um, you know, without an extensive amount of debris all over on the outside. Right. Because 
think about it like this too. Airplanes are pressurized for flight, right? Okay. Well, what happens? What happens if you squeeze a bottle? Okay. Not not including the jet fuel, but just the air pressure alone smacking together. Right. That air pressure alone is probably in this situation going to blow the tail off the back end of it and blow that somewhere else. And you know, That's the, the most confusing. Shanksville is the most confusing one to me because I, I really do believe I, I, I have a firm grasp on what I think from what I've seen happen at the Pentagon. Uh, and then obviously the fact that there's zero footage in New York City of the first plane hitting and uh, the footage of the second plane, like you're saying that nothing happened to the plane and all of that, that's there. But the Shanksville is the most confusing to me. I, I can't even figure out a why that happened there or what happened there. I, I think that was a two prong narrative. And of course, this is just my speculation from from reading and reading and looking at all this information and all this all this uh, so-called evidence. Right. Um, I think it's a two prong thing. I think one, it was to give the Americans a sense of pride that we fought back because that was the narrative. Right. That the, that the it was. passengers took the airplane back. They couldn't actually get it under control completely. And that rather than it fly all the way back to D.C., uh, or or New York City or somewhere like that, um, they elected to force it down into the field. Right. Okay. And also, I think that it also gives the narrative that there might have been a bigger threat out there. There might be more hijacked airplanes. Right. To keep us more, I to, see to that. Keep, to keep us more afraid of of what was going on and everything. So, you know, I, I think that that was definitely a, a two pronged thing. And again, I'm not going to get into how how they did it or what how you know who did it. And right. Well, we don't have to. Other people are doing that. This is very interesting because it gives people that are skeptical or that think it's a conspiracy theory some stuff. If they actually want to right now go over and and check out some of this stuff, you can find what you're talking about. Yeah. And you can also go in your refrigerator, take out a can of soda, go outside and, and smack it on the freaking on the sidewalk or go over in, in your yard and smack it on the ground and and say, wait a minute. Now you're going to start to question. Right. You're going to start to question this. Let me ask you, you something know? else you might know. I, I recently read a, a really good article about all of this. And it said that at the time, you remember they were saying that people were calling from the plane. Yeah. It said at the time that there was that was they they didn't have the capability to do such a thing. Do you know I'm, anything about that? I'm pretty sure that you are correct. The 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 technology to allow that to happen because I remember flying at that time. Right. And and they always said that your phone could mess up their navigational gear, their avionics and stuff like that because at that time I believe the phones were working on the eight nine hundred megahertz system not into the gigahertz well yes and no of uh, your little your little cell phone okay back then putting off you know a, an eighth of a watt or a quarter of a watt or something like that hey. okay would have been useless in your airplane anyway because it wasn't going to transmit outside of that that structure 
The only way you can do it now is they have they have a system that receives the signal in the airplane and it retransmits it on the outside. Right. And and it's specifically designed. A lot of them are satellite linked now. Right. But but being able to make a phone call in flight with your cell phone, no, no, no. You had to get the phone, the air phone, out of the back of the seat. Right, of right, right. And I had a Motorola flip phone, which yeah. most people had. It did yeah. not have the capability to call somebody and say, I love you, uh, we're being hijacked, I'll talk to yep. you. That's another part of the story. A lot of these, these situations, because I've been reading a lot, again, about... Um, there was an excellent article about Sandy Hook recently that is very uh, a very disturbing article. Don't as well. get me started on that. No, no, don't. But <laughs> I will say, uh, people can do their own research. It's very bizarre. Oh, yeah. It's a very oh, yeah. bizarre story. But I have to tell you, but it's similar. But I, I've been reading this, and it's like we really. I feel like as American people, we should be at a point, a seventeen seventy five point, like you've been talking about the whole time. That if we don't take back our history, find out what happened, find out who did it, really have to be transparent, yeah. then what's the point? I mean, what's the point of fighting if you're not going to fight by exposing all of this stuff? We, we, it's going, we can't let it go. We can't let it go and go forward. We have nope. to go back and, and, and right some of these wrongs and have some real justice and some real facts and information. These people that have hid all of our history from us work for us. You know? Yes. Yeah. And, and they've done a great job of, of hiding that stuff. The, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, Sandy Hook, the, the best uh, um, evaluation of that situation that, that I saw. And I can't remember the, the gentleman's name, but he took all of the video footage that they released and he took the date, the time, the month, all that kind of stuff. Right. right. And he measured the, um, the angle of the sun and the shadows okay for that day and get and the videos that they say happened on that day were not videoed on that day yeah his name is james fetzer i think is who you're talking about but he's still being sued but i have to tell you <laughs> that if it would just like with 9 11 the same thing something bizarre happened with that remington settled and where it would have been like they had an insurance company they didn't even ask for proof Versus yeah. nothing. Right. And that was it. And it was like, it's over. And anyone who questioned, including Alex Jones, but other people, what really happened oh, yeah. that day and what was the involvement of FEMA? They got ostracized, lawfare to death. It's like, why don't we, why can't we answer, ask questions and have legitimate answers with facts that people out there know and are hiding? You know, right. that, because at well, this point, if we're going to let this keep happening, then what we're going to let we're uh, they're wanting us. We're going to just let the COVID go and and pretend that Fauci hasn't been doing experiments with the CCP military for now 25 years. Like, at least. Yeah, at least, uh, you know, and other things like that. It's just like, why don't we just expose it all, rip off the scab, let it all bleed, put these people in prison and and really like take back our history, the, the proper history. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we have to do it. We, the people, right, have to step up and do this. And, you know, every citizen needs to get their hands dirty on this and help. That I think that's what our military is waiting for. They're yeah. waiting for the to see, to make sure that the people are completely on board with what's going to have to happen because some of it's going to be unpleasant and it's going to be too bad, so sad. Right. You know, I, I, don't, I don't care what happens to the enemy. I really don't. 
Yeah. I, I don't have, have a use for that. Yeah. I want to uh, ask you a side note since you're my historian okay. and I have okay. you for a minute. Okay. Um, I, I read a really heartbreaking uh, article about uh, the destruction and the removal of the Robert E. Lee statue. And I didn't know that Robert E. Lee was truly an incredible American hero that actually saved so many lives at the end of that war. Also that Lincoln wanted him to be the, uh, the general for the North because he was, you know, yeah. we all know that they, that war wasn't totally about slavery anyway. No. But um, when they removed that statue and I watched it with like that governor blackface in glee and all these people cheering it on, my heart broke because I read this article about Lee and I, I didn't know a lot of the stuff about him or what, what, a, what a gentleman he was at the end and how much he helped to rebuild the country and reunify, which we need right now. Um, when you saw that, because you're a real American hero and a vet and a, a lover of our history, what did you think? I think it's 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 absolutely disgraceful. It's disgusting. It's it's absolutely ignorant. It's completely ignorant, ignorant of, of the truth. It's just a statue. It's an inanimate object, you know, that, that's never hurt a single single person since they erected it. And not for nothing, and no matter whether you're on the north or the south side right. of, of, of that particular war, um, you know, everybody in that war was standing up for what they believed in. They fought for what they what they believed in, but they were all still Americans. Right. You and know? it wasn't uh, the main the main crux of that wasn't even about slavery. That's been reconcocted over time. That was a part of it. And and the other thing that you're saying is also five hundred thousand people died fighting in that war. Right. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, it, and none it, of their the, lives matter to these to these modern woke lunatics. No, no, none of them, none of them mattered. And you know, everybody's you know families a lot of times were affected. I had a great great grandfather that was a Union officer. He spent nine months in Andersonville prison until they had to move him because he was an officer. And him and five other guys got they got out. They put him on a train. They were headed to South Carolina to an officer prison. Well, they managed to finagle some way. They got off the train and they escaped and evaded to uh, Kentucky um, and got repatriated and stuff. And my, my great great grandfather went back there's to North Carolina. Of, there's yeah. millions of stories like oh, that. Yeah. There's millions of stories. And also, people forget there were a lot of black men and women who fought and, and sacrificed as well and died oh, yeah. fighting too. And, and what, you know, what about all these, it's, it's unbelievable to me how much what right. they've done to our history. And uh, we don't right. think right now we kind of need um, the story I heard, you know, better than me is that uh, when Grant, I guess, knew when, when it was, when they knew that the North won and Lincoln met with Grant and Lee and everything, they all decided that like, okay, there's been enough bloodshed. We, we really have to reunite the country. It can't be about North and South. It has to be about preserving what is good and right. rebuilding. We need that right now so badly. And we don't have any of those heroes uh, that actually did that after so much bloodshed and, and a hardship and everything just came together and said, okay, enough. We, we don't have that right now. And, and when I was reading the story about Lee, when they, when they were removing the statue and I just thought, God, we're taking down statues of people that actually, because all they're talking about is one part of what Lee did. 
But right. what they did after the Civil War is truly amazing. Right. right. Oh, absolutely. I think we do. I think we do have them. We we have our our the white hat generals. Well, we have but, General but, Flynn. He's he's, yeah, he's, got, he's my leader. Got, yeah, we got we got General Flynn, and we got and a bunch of people and, behind him and stuff like that. And, but the thing is, is that um, it's not going to be the same because the enemy has to be completely crushed, dissolved, destroyed, eradicated. To, down to the smallest person, you know, yeah. um, this time, this time it has to be because yeah. we can't let it come back again. Well, I think but, it's going to uh, be a big week on a lot yeah. of fronts. I've gotten yeah. some information. It's going to be coming at all. And I don't know if you saw Trump's letter to Raffensperger, but um, he uh, it's going to be coming from what I heard from Byrne and from other people. The election right. stuff is going to be coming this week. The Ghislaine right. Maxwell documents implicating the Clintons. The Clinton Foundation and and the Perkins Coie and sus, you right. know the Russia Gate. I have a feeling and uh, other stuff, including the truth about COVID, is is starting to come through too. Oh, yeah. Especially about Regeneron, uh, hydroxychloroquine, and ivermectin, and what Fauci knew and when he knew it, oh, which yeah. was a long time ago. Oh, so yeah. uh, we're about to see that happen, and uh, yep. I I believe. And by the time I see you next Sunday, um, I think that we will be in a very different place in terms yeah, of uh, disclosure. But like you said, it's not good enough. We, the people, no. can't just get the disclosure. We have right. to act upon it. Right? Yep. That's a fact. We got to act upon it. And, and one thing I want to address here before I get off here, these stars are not pentagrams. Okay? <laughs> if you look at the way they are in the ribbon, they are right side up. If you laid the ribbon out straight, Okay, they would be correct. They're not right. upside down stars. Yeah. So this yeah. is not satanic. Okay. This, no, so. but I think the pentagram is six, six, six uh, points. I'm not sure. No, it's it's pentagram is five. Oh, it is. But it's upside down. Well, I'm yeah. not a satanist, so I don't know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm not either. So right, I know. But these stars are correct. It's They're not star. upside down. It's I love people. that. I have one of those at home. That's my citizen, uh, constitution abiding citizen, because that's who we are now. We're going yes. forward, right? Yes, absolutely. And uh, any last words of motivation and uh, inspiration for this week for we the people, because uh, it's going to be a big week on all sides, because the demons are not happy with the disclosure about no. to come. Nope. Just keep the faith. Keep the faith of God. Keep the faith in, faith in Trump and keep the faith in our military. Right. Because they are doing the hardest job, and um, but we the people still have a responsibility to take care of the little fish when the time comes. Yep. So get to know who your little fish are in your local area. Right. Exactly. Thank you, Patriot Paul. You are a right. true hero to me and uh, and to my viewers. And uh, thank you always for your service and for your insight. And this is a different level of talking about nine eleven. We want people yes. to take what you just said, digest it. And do their own research and make up their own mind because yeah. it's just oh, the yeah. little the little things that click start big things clicking right oh yeah absolutely thank you so All much right, Mel. take I'll care have a safe Sunday. trip <laughs> all right see ya thank you bye-bye bye-bye